John, uh, something that I think you mentioned earlier, but I would love for you to articulate more about is this idea that you could get to the same destination mm. by pushing or pulling. Yeah. Could you walk us through that? And also would love to hear some examples in your own life when you feel like that's true. Or, you know, I know you were talking about, mm. for example, like Sundance is a thing where it could oh. be push-pull. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Hmm. Okay, so the way that this this push-pull thing can map to a real-life example is it is probably over time a net positive for me to give up the idea that I want to direct a film that gets into Sundance, and I still actually inevitably might, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I will, let's say, the percentage of likelihood is much higher that I will be, like, let's say, in like reverent around the process of making a film if I don't like acquiesce to my mind's desire to become a Sundance director Mm. and I think that um, and I've seen that so many times from like I've seen a lot of artists destroy the process um, because they're like well I need to get this done fast right efficiency is always a a good example of how this can be destroyed Um, well, I have a timetable to get there at a certain time. That's all should. Um, and so, and therefore, like, this film needs to be done by August of 2020, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and attaching that timetable sort of is mutually exclusive sometimes with the creative process. Not, not always, but it can be. And so if you're not listening to, boy, this film isn't, isn't working in the way that I'm attempting to squeeze it through to fit an efficient deadline. Um, And actually what I really need to do do is like go a different direction. This is a real life example for me. Like we had a deadline. We, we cut the thing together and then we were like, Oh boy, this is not working. Um, If I would, let's say if I was really, really identified with the, the outcome of being a Sundance director by 35, I would push that through, right? I would hire somebody and just like, just fix it, right? Because if I'm, if I'm attached to this being a profound film and it's not working, um, a lot of times what I see is like, is people just like give up on it or push it out or like, you know, there's some, there's some type of like rush to efficiency. Um, And again, with the sheet music analogy, it's like, well, actually, sometimes to find the sheet music that really works, and let's say in this example, it's a it's a very subtle but profound shift in the way that we're presenting the film, will only come from patience, and patience is the opposite of efficient, right? So, like, if I'm if I'm like pause <laughs> and surrender, I guess, to the process that is, and it's telling me that it's not working. Um, and again, there's a balance here because you can't just do that forever. Well, you, I mean, I guess you could if you want to, but but I don't want to. But I don't want to rush anything um, and destroy its own ability to be something really profound because I'm like trying to constantly recapitulate to this idea of quote being a Sundance director by 35 or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I might get there. I think the trade-off is I might get there at at 40. And maybe I would have gotten there. I would have gotten the same outcome at 35. But then it's this, be careful what you wish for, quote, because it, it, am I better for having gotten there earlier? I don't know. 
if I'm destroying processes along the way, I've observed, I've been in rooms with people who are like the people in Hollywood and they, and let's say they, to put it lightly, destroyed processes along the way. Um, boy, they got exactly what they wanted and they are not okay, you know? And, mm. and I'd rather be okay than get what I want. <laughs> yeah. Another, I think another example you gave me was like, you know, the experience you had like working with Hillary Clinton on the Clinton campaign. Yeah. Like, that's probably not something you could have been like, I want to be flying in a private jet with Hillary yeah. Clinton, yeah. you know, and be like a director on the campaign yeah. and like would have just sort of figured out your way to do that. Like, right. that's one of those things where... Right you followed intuition yeah, and that just sort of led you to this place that as you described, like there's no way you could have imagined it or fathomed it. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of blindly followed good feelings related to people actually. Mm. It was like very specific. It was like, I think the way that I could trace that is that, well, what even got me into a conversation with someone that could have, that, that essentially like gave me the option was just almost like, <laughs> almost blind blindly following connections that felt really good you know i all of a sudden i met somebody that felt really good and so i packed all my stuff into my car and moved to colorado for no reason it was like well the only reason was like gosh i just like this guy asked me to and i had such a beautiful deep connection with him and and so it just I, it doesn't really make sense um but i gotta do it and that's a good indication of pull right like it doesn't really make sense to my mind but i gotta do it you know, that's, that's a beautiful indication that, that mm -hmm. like there's something cool here. And then it was like two, three, four, four connections from the person that inevitably put my resume in front of someone and said, this guy's talented. He hasn't really had a shot on, on a big stage yet. Um, think about him. And then I got a call. So if I had, let's say two years prior said, I want to be on a jet with Hillary Clinton, right? I think the process would have looked so different and I never would have followed my intuition or a connection with a person that had nothing to do with politics. Cause this guy, the first guy I followed had literally nothing like the opposite of politics. Um, so that's, that's the thing is like, and that all of a sudden I wake up one day and that's happening. And uh, like, I guess the, the, the caution with pull is you can end up in some wild places, right? <laughs> that maybe you didn't, you, you evaluate when it's happening and you're like, oh, I don't know that I want this, you know? Um, and inevitably at a certain point on the campaign, I was like, okay, I actually don't want this, but I was so grateful for having had the experience. Um, and I don't think I could have created that. I don't think I could have quote manifested that with my mind in the same way. Um, yeah. It strikes me as, it's almost like a, a double advantage if you can follow that pull mm -hmm. because the process itself of getting to the destination is inherently more joyful because mm. you're not pushing. And then the destination is also probably more joyful because, you know, there's like the anticipation effect as Vlad calls it or like you yeah. know, your expectations. So if you in your mind have this idea of what it's going to feel like when you win that World Cup, mm. right? Mm -hmm. And then you win the World Cup and it's like, okay, I did it, how long does that actually last, yeah. right? And yeah, yeah. Versus stumbling upon some direction, like you would never plan to be a professional soccer player and somehow through some crazy <laughs> series of events, like you're suddenly soccer, a professional soccer player like playing in the, in the World Cup and you win, mm. that would be something that your, your mind never was able to 
create ahead of time. Mm. So you never had expectations about what that would feel like. So yeah. in, in the moment too, it's also probably more rewarding because there's that added layer of like, I can't believe this is th- a thing that's happening and yeah. I never would have imagined this. And I think it's important to note that when I say the word mind, I'm actually saying it metaphorically, not like literally a process of neurons firing um, because, and this is why I think it's important to to sink into the idea that language is is mostly metaphor because like soul intuition mind these are these are like these are kind of things that we can point toward but they're more like hieroglyphics you know Mm -hmm. um because i'm not saying because you do use your mind like there were many times in which i was like oh yes yes or no or you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) i'm using my mind and in in the process of let's say an intuitive decision i'm still using my mind but it's, it's more to say, like, we kind of understand on a subtextual level what that means. You know, like the, like the mind on steroids is sort of an authoritarian, you know, and that's another good metaphor. Like, I will do this. This will be my way. You know, that's, that's very much mind energy. Um, so I think it's important to note that, that it's, there's no, it's not a literal distinction between like the soul and the mind. I don't even know what that means, um, <laughs> but it's, it's a helpful metaphor. Um, and let's say metaphor works best when it's, it's used to kind of guide behavior, you know, and there are a lot of nuanced things within that, but it's a good, it's a helpful guide. It's like a good map. 